Okay, so tonight, uh, for part three of three, although we're not going to finish and we're going to have plenty more over Rosh Hashanah and Shabbat Shuvah, which will not be recorded because I haven't found a heter yet. But anybody who's listening will at least get a taste of what the Messiah Sasharm is trying to get to with his uh, very clear message on a person not fooling himself, not being satisfied with the Elam Haba that he gets if he just barely gets in, and he's going to explain that very clearly for the common man tonight. So we're going to begin in your copy. It's on page uh, 19. In the middle of the second paragraph, the first word is Vihine Yesh. Yeah, Vihine Yesh. Vihine Yesh Me'apasan, there are some people who are foolishly not thinking it through, and they're trying to take it easy. We have wonderful advantages in America, religious freedom, protection, panasa more or less, the seeping in of the American dream of the pursuit of happiness where everybody's medaya correctly, you basically pursue happiness and pursue it and pursue it. And if you're looking for it in the Gashmias and the homestead and the apple pie, you're not going to ever catch up. So, Messias Hashem is describing that, that in America we have this handicap because, I think I mentioned once, Ramosha uh, writes in his Truva, he says, in America he sees that people are very focused on having a good time. He spells it out, Gimel. Like Ramesha, well, like, okay, everybody wants to relax once in a while, that's fine. And, you know, if there's a Shabbat Simcha is an Iker, but if the whole pursuit is having a good time, then you're going to be often taking away the time and the focus for Nitzchias, which is what the Messias Hashem is getting at. Why should we try to do things well? Chasidus and Precious here doesn't mean Chumras. I mentioned. Last night, chumras are divided into two categories. There's chumras for only bala medrega, and then there are things we try to be mahadr, but it's a machlekes. We want to make sure we're not eating treif. We want to make sure that we're doing things right. And there are a million and one gradations, but sometimes that's more apropos. It's not a chumra, it's the Yerushalayim dictating that we be careful to stay away from the serm. That's what he's referring to over here. He's talking to the common man. He's not criticizing them for not following Amidus Chasidus or Precious, obviously. He's faulting them for not wanting to do a more solid job <coughs> and for not wanting to excel in something that they should be focusing on more as opposed to the need and want to excel in Tanuge Elamazer, which everybody tries to do. And their quote here is, We're from, we don't want to go to Gehenna. So we want to get into Elamhaba in some form. We don't have to be so deep in. We don't have to have such a good seat. This is the way people, if they don't spell it out, this is what they're thinking in their mind. So we don't have to work so hard. That's the quote. The Messiah Sharm has a simple question for them. Omnum. Is it so easy for them in this fleeting world do they take that laid-back attitude when it comes to 
their covered Ba'ilamazeh versus their friend's covered, their car versus their friend's car, their house versus their friend's house. Do they take such an attitude? The answer is usually not. Kosheken, Echad Me'avdem, if they think somebody who is not in their social stratosphere is looking at doing better than them, in Gashmias, I mean, Aniyam, Anivzin, Shfalam, Benam, well, it's Tarev, Leia, Damam, Rosea, Bekibam, are you going to tell me their blood won't be boiling? So you have to take uh, the actions and reactions we have for petty things and apply them to more eternal, more important things. People are working hard to be able to look good and look better and have more than the next guy. He's getting ahead and I'm where I am, Vadai, Shamashi Yispulamashi he's gonna have to be saved because he can't do any better and he's not necessarily supposed to be, but it's not easy for him. And he's going to be in turmoil. And that is for things that are really insignificant. Covid, money, where we're assuming he has what to eat and Shimon has what to eat. Question of how fancy. If that's their attitude for things that are madumas, it's not real. It's a mirage. None of this counts for anything. It's all not real. The pella is, now is it not real in Israel? It's not even real by Lamazet. People look through their glass door. They think they're looking in and it looks so enticing and they're looking at the glitter. Not that, as some people would suggest, if somebody has money, that means he's not happy. No one's claiming that. It means it really doesn't make you happier, and if a person doesn't work on the Simcha Sachayim, which is really going to be for a firm person, only lasting if deep down he knows he's doing the right thing. So not only is he looking at somebody and getting jealous of something that even an Olam Hazed is nothing to be jealous about, Koshikain, where he's missing the point by Olam and again, this doesn't mean there could be successful people if they've been a teira. The success is hopefully being used for staka chesed, chinech habanim, and achnas asarchim. And you have to check and recheck and have a good outside accountant or rov or mentor or chavusa looking at that and making sure you don't go off course. With that said, uh, we have uh, many examples. I'll take examples from the world at large. Just a recent one somebody told me about. Uh, we happened to have uh, mentioned him in the Navi Shir. We mentioned, I think, last year in this Kippur uh, Avayim Shir. We were talking about parachuting and space travel and Kippur Avayim jumping out of planes. I think we had that brief discussion before the summer. So there's a fellow who many told me was not Jewish, even though he has a very Jewish name. Nothing against him. Nice guy. Uh, brilliant and very successful. And... Somebody just told me it's, it's just so ironic here. The stock is trading in the hundreds and hundreds of dollars. He's worth billions of dollars. The company is uh, off the charts, even though they're losing money since it's their inception, by the way. I'm talking about Elon Musk, in case anybody didn't figure it out. It's been losing money ever since, but the hype and the excitement of what's going to be, and uh, by the secular standards, this is the pinnacle of success. And he himself admits he's under such stress all the time such headaches. And the whole world's looking at him. So he tweets, him and 
our president, uh, people look. I, he tweeted something, somebody told me about something going private and something, I, you know, just an innocent, uh, I'm not saying he should have done it, he realizes that. The whole world's been in turmoil since and he's been he's being investigated by the feds and by the SEC and they, like if you had billions of dollars already, what do you need this headache for? That's the way it goes. Is he having a good time? I hope so. Uh, he doesn't sound like he is. That doesn't mean I, we don't take any joy in that. What? I believe the quote is something like, my life is hell. That's okay. That's, a, that's an interesting description for this year. Uh, <laughs> which, uh, again, I don't wish it on him. He's a nice guy. I have nothing against him. I don't know if I'm at him. Yeah, and like the whole, and ever since then. But before that, I think he was saying like he can't sleep at night. Yeah, so there comes a point in time where, again, I'm not saying, there's some people who harp on this all the time, like if he has any money, he's got to be miserable. I'm not saying that. I'm saying is, is that the, this is a charm is pointing out that you're short-sighted because none of this counts after a fleeting 70, 80, 90, 100, 110 years. And what we're adding, which the Mrs. Charm also holds the Dover Parshat, is even in this world, it doesn't make them any happier or well-adjusted necessarily. And for a guy, though, that's the sense of purpose is very important, the way it affects everything. You know, I'll bring a riot to what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I'll bring a riot to what you're saying is that uh, for the Akum, the Zion Mitzvahs, they should be nice people, and their Tachlachayim is talking to explore and to develop the world. Yes, but... And the real, that, 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 that type of technology, which unfortunately has been hijacked for some Jews that don't know any better, is for them really what their job is. Uh, I'm not sure that means that our thrust, no pun intended, although it's not a bad one, should be to send people to Mars on a one-way trip, go figure, and that people signing up, like lining, lines around the back, one way, promise one way, now as you're not guaranteeing they're coming back, um, he has no way, he has no plan. And people are interested. So, Yej Lodun, Ellie, is that with starving people in the world, should we be spending this kind of money on going to Mars? And, you know, he didn't ask me, but uh, for Tikkun Olam, Yej Lodun on that. Okay, you can also say that some of the greatest uh, inventions have been through aerospace and things like that and help civilians eventually. Okay, we don't have to debate that now. The point is, if... It was for Tikkun Olam, and you're doing Lishma good. I'm not saying guys do everything Lishma, but for us, our job is not. Our job is Tikkun Olam, but a very different type, in Ruchnius. And our job is to, when needed, make a clean Parnassah. Our job is to make sure the bills are paid, and at the same time, learn as much as you can, daven as slow as you can, say the words, mean them, and give tzedakah, and raise your children, and a few more things I'm forgetting, all in one day which is a tall order, but at least if a firm person tells me he's bored, I look at him like, bored? I haven't, there are a lot of things you can be. In this lifestyle, bored is not one of them. And when the kids say, I have nothing to do, what? It could be because there's a certain gratification that the guy wants from whatever he's doing, to a degree. Yes. Ultimately, people go through different Right. For different reasons. And we have no problem. And Chazal say, by the way, the fallback position, we spoke about this, is to go into your father's profession because in the genes is probably the like and dislike of the personality. Today, that's rarely done. The doctors are telling their kids not to go into this, and the lawyers are telling them to become doctors, and vice versa. That's rampant. But yes, you have to have sepik in what you're doing, but you're not what your job is, and you're not how much you make, and you're not in how big the house is, and 
this is not a criticism if, if you have the space for it and the money to build and you can be machas and do all sorts of wonderful things with money. But the Mesut Hashem says people have this in front of them and they're not saying, well, what does it make where I sit? What does it make how much I get just as long as I'm in there? And then when it comes to Elam Haba, they're very meichel on their seat. And he said, that's a problem. And when you're stuck in Olam Haba and you can't do anything about it, Nitzchi means you're there forever, as you mentioned last night. And you might see a person, you didn't realize he was so choshev. Forever. To their embarrassment and their chagrin. Again, not petty jealousy, but... He's going to see what he could have perhaps done in certain areas. He continues, This attitude of Savonis is being patient says, Yeah, I want to get to Haba, wherever it's fine, wherever the seat is, just Mr. Usher, Malach, Rabbi Malach, sit me wherever you want, doesn't make a difference to me. Mr. Sasham says that's simply not true. Ella Pisoi Kaizev. This next line is uh, very important. How do people trick themselves? Piso is when a person is uh, tricked by the Yitzhahara. The Yitzhahara here, the Satan, is given a tremendous amount of power. The Satan, by the way, is working for Gosh Baruch Everybody is. His purpose here is to divert us, distract us, create mirages, menageries, use whatever synonym you want to be able to dupe us into thinking that instead of doing this, we should be focusing on that and take up our valuable time and bandwidth. That's his whole purpose. And he does it in many different ways, in many generations. Every dar has any sayin on what's distracting us, and we'll get to that in a moment. But this line, it's not real. It's, it is a mirage. It's not real. It's not lasting. And if they would learn more Musar, and really do introspection, which is what El was all about, they would make a correction. Since they're too tied in with what's in front of them by the Holchin, the Shagin, the Ritzainam, they're making a mistake. See, I say, I'm only a Shagig, but they're making a mistake. Shagig is, if you do an Avera, it was a Shagig. So you only have to bring a Chatas only. Expensive animal with Vidui and Micha. If you're a Shagig and you end up not performing, then that's it. Can't say I'm a shogig. You're shogig. Okay, we're not counting it against you, but you didn't get the mileage. You can't get that back. You have a tinshin ishba. It's not going to say what they do in shemayim. The tinshin ishba. Whatever they do, they're they're understanding that he did have errors. He didn't know any better, but that doesn't get you a good seat. So being oblivious, ignorance is bliss. I don't know who made that up, but uh, most of the time, certainly in Yeruchnias, that's Certainly not true. To don't wake up, this trick that Satan is playing on them to distract them is going to be very obvious, painfully obvious, but it's going to be too late. And again, you can say, I didn't know, I didn't have a good idea. That's all, might, might be true, might not be true, but that doesn't move you ahead. It just might spare something ahead of him. And that's, there's a big difference between the two. Hundred percent to get on the right track. Yes. Also, the guy doesn't know how. He's not going to be punished if he's a pure. He's not going to be punished, but that's still different 
You can't give schar. The neshama being in a, in a good spot on haba is dependent on the neshama being close to a kosher baruch of olam If lamaisa it was very far, maybe the time she The good news is it won't be punished if they really didn't know. The other news is is that there has to be something else. I don't know if it's a gilgul or I, I don't know what. They, but you can't if the guy didn't believe in any of the gimel animamis and he did every every didn't do any mitzvahs and it's not his fault. And that applies to a lot of people. Then they don't deserve gehenim necessarily. But the question is, how do you give him olam haba as a function of the closeness to Akash Baruch Hu? And that's a problem. That's not a chiddush. That, that's that's pushed. So Akash Baruch Hu understands that, uh, and there must be some sort of system. Baruch Hashem, everybody sitting in the room and listening, that doesn't apply. And we've been given almost every advantage one could possibly imagine. Let me focus on the distraction aspect. Uh, the stipler has a very fascinating piece in. It's safer. I have a safer at home, and I made a copy here, but I'm not going to give out the copy because it's a long piece and we only have 10 minutes. I'm going to break it down to uh, three or four component parts. It's from the safer Chai Elam. Chai Elam is also a very. Emma Slamita will call it. You want to use lush and hard hitting, but in a, in a positive way, it, it wakes people up. This is the season to wake people up, and this waking up it should be very positive. We want to get galvanized to actually make positive change. In order to do that, you have to understand that this is choshuv and there's a lot at stake. So the Chayelam was given to me when I was by the stipler. I was a teenager. I'll never forget this. You don't forget to visit the stipler. Uh, the stipler, you walked in and already after 10 seconds, you realize you're in a different planet. The stipler was a very imposing figure in every sense of the word. And I remember I came in, he had some safer, I don't know, maybe it was a Raziel Amalach, I don't know what it was, it was about this big. He had it here like this. And the way you, you walked in, you see it like it is by like Rabchaim, his son, is that if, unless it's the time when everybody's standing there, he doesn't, when I've been to Rabchaim many times, I was there alone, and he didn't look up until the guy that came in and said, oh, there's somebody here. And I would watch him writing notes and Ben Yachos on the safer. So I was there with the two chaverim of mine, and he had a little, whatever it was, safer, and he was looking like this, and he didn't look up, and he was hard of hearing at that point, so Gabe came and would you know, stand by him. And I remember the first uh, very frightening incident, which I'm not gonna go into over here, was that there were three of us, and they elected that I should sit in the front, right next to him. I'm not sure why, but I got the uh, brunt of it. It was, it was a frightening experience for, uh, for a teenager. And the stipler looked up and started raising his voice and giving a Muslim move like I never heard before or since to the third guy. I'm sitting here, two, three. He started telling him about uh, you shouldn't be going back and you shouldn't be going to, uh, to university yet and you still have to learn. It wasn't an anti-college move per se, which he would have given maybe anyway. It was that... And I happen to have known that he was under pressure from his parents to, uh, to start something. This is not a referendum on when and where and who. And I just, uh, one of the few times in my life I saw a Ruch HaKadosh in action because it wasn't no gay to me. And it wasn't no gay to the next guy. It was no gay to the third guy. And he like, was leaning over the table, like pointing. And uh, I was sitting close by and hearing most of it. Like, um, it, was, it was an unusual experience. And he started trying to get a message across that whatever you have to do for Panasa, Make sure that whatever you do it, it's at the point where you have to do it and not before. And this man was quite a young man. And um, that was the first 
30 seconds. And then I wanted to be Mahanahim and I wanted this farm. They didn't sell them in stores. Now it sells in stores. So uh, every Shiva Bacher tried this and I tried it also, it never worked. So he, um, I wanted to buy like the whole set. And I wanted to give the stipend some money. They had no money. And uh, the Gabai um, said very loudly, What are you learning? Baba Kama says, What are you learning next, man? Yavomis says, You get two. <laughs> he didn't want his farm sitting on somebody's shelf. I said, Can I have a Chayelim also? So he said, Okay. So this Chayelim is from the. Uh, Chayelim is a very stark in Mississippi. And it's, uh, it's full of gems. We should put it on the agenda one of these years. Uh, but the stipler lived like he was from Europe, from Navardic, which is where he was from. And you know the famous Meister they say about the one who came to get the son-in-law, and he said, who's the best London, and who's the best this, and uh, who's the best guy? I need to pick a son-in-law. And then he pointed to, Rashiba pointed to a fifth one. I don't understand. We took up, he was the biggest London, and he was the biggest this, and the biggest Bucky. Like, who's that? So he said, he's the biggest Mavakish. That was the stipler who was probably 18, 17 years old. So I saw it 50, 60 years later. But that story was said about the stipend. And that's what this is all about. It's not about brilliance. It's, not about, it's about learning not to get distracted. And you see what a Mavakish becomes decades and decades later. Now, not everybody can become the stipend. You don't have to become the stipend. But you have to at least learn that some of the Yerushamayim and some of the dedication should rub off by example. So with that introduction to the Chayelim, the Chayelim in this particular piece, it's Paragzayim, talks about the power that the Sultan has given in this world to distract us. And in a fascinating panoramic view of history, it takes 2,000 years, 2,500 years of history, and a few paragraphs. I'm going to try to do at least the beginning of it in five minutes. And he says, the Sultan from Kabbalah Satera, before Kabbalah Satera, till about Chorban Rishon, his primary tool was Avodah and to get people interested in Avodah which was rampant and worldwide, he was given Kishuf and all sorts of other tricks to dupe people into following him. And every Galach learned the tricks and the Kishuf, and they followed this Avodah Zarah and that Avodah Zarah, go through the Khatum and Mitzrayim and Balbar, and how do you get somebody to put that kid between two fires? So they had tricks and they knew Kishuf and so how do you know a Sutton gets a tool like that and tricks everybody? So how do you how do you not get distracted? So he explains Kishuf has its limitations as we know. We know that from Rashi and Shemais. Khatumim said, uh, yeah, we can do that. Moshe Beno came and Aaron threw the mata down, became a snake, Pyro was laughing. So I can I do my my sixth grader can do that. Yeah, okay, so Moshe Beno said, that's fine, we'll keep going until they got to Kinim. All of a sudden, etzbel uh, kimi. What all of a sudden made them so from? Answer is one of the many rules of kishuf that limits kishuf is it doesn't work on something smaller than a barley seed. Uh, we know from Rashi quotes the famous Yushami with the Meiser Shemeshet we covered the Navi Shir. Remember they captured those eighty witches. They dressed these shiva guys in the raincoats and they got access to their hideout. Their instructions were the first thing you do when you get in. Each one of you lift them up because the kishuf doesn't work, their feet aren't on the ground. And the Gemara Sanhedrin, where if you want to test if the horse in front of you was somebody who was just turned into a horse or a frog, just pour water over him. That undoes the kishuf all the time. There are many limitations, but you can fool a lot of the people a lot of the time 
Because if they're not looking, they'll say, well, it looks kind of real, the Neymar Amen. And as late as my infamous uh, common uh, modern example, Shabtai Tzvi, who I don't know if he was doing Kisha, but he was brilliant and he was swift and knew how to buy the people. If you're dedicated and you don't lose focus, you know, okay, it's a good trick. I don't know what the answer is, but I know if I wait around long enough, I'll find the answer. It says, until Avodah win this now with Wastani Manasha, not this Sunday, but next Sunday in the Navi Shir, Avodah was rampant. And after Chormais Rishon, they came back 70 years later by Shani. You all know, they had the most unusual request ever in the history of Klai Yisrael. They said, we're rebuilding by Shani. Kosh can we respectfully beg that you shech the Yitzhar for Avodah Why? Because the whole reason it's here is the Satan's given all these tools to give us schar, and a few people got schar, and that's why Klai Yisrael is still here. And the masses are getting fooled and getting distracted. So can you get rid of it? And Kosh Baruch said, yes. With that, we lost Navua because Navua was only to counterbalance to know the Emes. So it was necessary, but it wasn't vital anymore. And we lost out, but it was a trade-off. And Kishuf, although it's still known in some places in the world, was not really used as much because the Yetzirah was gone and the Umasalem right after that was monotheism, Christianity spread. That was all as a result of shafting the Yetzirah. No, Stiple says, but it's no free lunch and we're here to be distracted, to be misgabaron and overcome and Focus anyway. So what was the next distraction? So he says, for the next couple thousand years, taking history, just breaking up into three, the new Yetzirah, which is just as severe, just that their tefillah was, Avodazar, is too much, not working. Let's try something else. Uh, to Klaiswell's immense credit, the next distraction was Satik Rala Rosh Because even during Baishani, might makes right. The Greeks were there, except for a short period with the Chashmanayim. They had control, but they became stukin afterwards. Then the Romans came, and then they went to Golos again, and after many, many years of every day seeing who's winning and who's losing, that can really weigh on you. And to Klaisal's immense credit, for a couple thousand years, they remained basically insolent from, despite the pogroms, the crusades, and everything else, but it started having an effect, and that effect is called Haskalah, because as soon as they had a chance, you're not good. Why did everybody start running for the exit? The answer is, it's just very hard to handle to see that we're still downtrodden and they're successful, we have no money, they do. And that lasted for a couple thousand years. And Stipe doesn't say this, but pretty obvious if you're following this theme, World War II came and ended that Kufa. And then, even though we don't manage to get the Gedela, but the Gedela Mordal Davin is a Kosh Baruch Hu, just like he got rid of Odazar. This Nisayan lasted for a while, but we're not making it anymore. We're losing more than we're gaining. Can we have now a complete change where we have money and we're on top and we have freedom and covet and everything like that uh, because we can't handle this anymore? You look at history, me. Push it. Stipler didn't say this part. Stipler alludes to the fact that, um, that it did change afterwards. I'm just filling it in. No. So that's amazing. So everything changed. All the, the whole goalless situation drastically changed. And now nobody's going off the derech because they think the Jews have no money or are getting persecuted and pogroms, and we can do whatever we want. We have basically unlimited opportunity, and you want a good lawyer, even the guy you know, you go to the Yidden. So that's amazing, so, but there's still no free lunches. So now, post-World War II, what are we at? So Stipler talks about what was going on in his time, the isms and socialism, uh, the UN vote, by the way. You'll never guess which one of our unbelievable close friends voted for us in 1948. Russia. Russia. Why? Were they crazy? 
The answer is they really had hopes that it was this close. It's just like Kosh Baruch was still in charge, so it was bad. But they thought it would be another part of Russia. That's how swept up people were. And it's still, there's still a socialist party there, still a communist party there, just that, and it's still a problem. They have labor and they have, but the stipler talks about the movements. Now it's all the political party and everything, and you can do whatever you want to shame the political movement. And again, it's not the charlatans doing Kishuf, it's not the Tzadik Radla Russia Vatoivloi, it's the science and it's the movement. And now, if I can be Mashlam, in the one minute we have left, what are we faced with now? So, Baruch Hashem, most of us aren't enticed. We're not bothered by Tzadik Radla. I mean, it can come up, Rahman Islam, but most of us see the from people are quite successful, Baruch Hashem. And uh, we have everything we need, more or less, and we have the freedom, and we're not joining any socialist or Mapai Mapam or Bundist group. And so now what? So now, Baruch Hashem, there are no distractions. Of course there are. There's no, no free lunch. So now, in the last 20 plus years, it morphed into, okay, we have everything. Now just get distracted by using all the toys, whistles, bells, and money that we have. And although we're learning, we're doing great. Now the question is, are we hitting the mark with all this tremendous bracha? And the distraction now is just almost every second, whether it be on your phone or on the computer or in the office or running around like a chicken without a head in a society that has more at its disposal in terms of money, security, and gadgets, where the society on the most medicine and where the society on the people going to see the professionals, if they need it, then fine, but it doesn't look like society at large is any happier despite all this. And that's not my observation. Everybody has come to that conclusion. It's all the same Sutton giving us a distraction. So Mesir Shachama's message here is the first thing you do as Rosh Hashanah is approaching is figure out what your schedule is, what's distracting you, where can you get rid of that distraction to the best of your ability. And the Sutton has one day off a year, not a big vacation package, but that's Yom Kippur. So if you work hard toward it, you can come to Yom Kippur the day he's not around, even without the Salah also, which we'll discuss over Yantif, and capitalize on the Tefillahs to be able to ask for Siat Shemayat to get rid of distractions as much as possible to capitalize on our incredible opportunities.